0: You're listening to the living word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Then come alive as we are with the living word, the lies so we can fully rest in your truth. Yeah, yeah.
1: In the very next verse. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, he's dragged away and then he's enticed. The book of Deuteronomy was a vital part of the word of God for Jesus in resisting temptation. But Deuteronomy is also an essential part of the word of God in helping us through times of
0: testing. Do you feel like you're undergoing a season of testing? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Danny, he teaches you that God doesn't tempt you, but He will test you to see what's in your heart. God will always give you the strength that you need to endure the test. Pastor Danny explains that the book of Deuteronomy was extremely helpful to Jesus when he was tested in the wilderness. He encourages you to study the book for yourself, so you too can use it to come through the times of testing. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter one, as he begins his message, testing, temptation, discipline, and the word of God.
1: got it open to Deuteronomy I'll tell you where we're headed in there it means second law and uh, the book is meant to do a couple of things remind of failure especially the Israelites but it's written for us this is a part of the word of God so it's for all of us remind of failure as well as remind them of what God had done for them and all the things that he had done for them in delivering them, in leading them, and providing for them, et cetera, et cetera. So the purpose was to help those reading or hearing this book to learn from mistakes of the past, and for those who had been faithful, which was only a few, which was only a few, to persevere in faithfulness until the end. Now, put a marker there and, and go with me just a minute, because we're coming right back to Deuteronomy, going to get right into it in just a minute. Actually, a couple of places, so keep your marker in Deuteronomy. First Corinthians chapter 10 first corinthians 10 and i'm going to read several verses here beginning in verse 1 i don't want you to be ignorant of the fact brothers that our forefathers were all under the cloud they all passed through the sea the cloud god led them in the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day and he used the cloud also to give them shade which is really cool And they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with, and this is sad, most of them, most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. Now, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts On evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. People sat down to eat and drink, got up to indulge in pagan revelry. That's while Moses was on the mountain, Mount Sinai, getting the uh, Ten Commandments and the regulations that went along with it, and how quickly the people uh, turned away from the Lord. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day, 23,000 of them died. Uh, We should not test the Lord as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And that's a terrible way to go, terrible way to go. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. And so this book, especially to remind of mistakes that have been made so that we don't make the same mistakes. Now, again, before we go back to Deuteronomy, One more passage in the New Testament, Matthew's gospel, chapter four, and Matthew chapter four, verse one. This is the temptation of Jesus by the devil. Jesus has been fasting a long time. He's in the wilderness and Satan comes to tempt him. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry with a vengeance. He was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, and and Bible scholars tell us that it really should be, since you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Satisfy your physical appetite. And Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You might have a note in your Bible, I have a little letter C, I go to the bottom of the page, and it tells me what scripture that is, it's Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 3. Verse five of Matthew four, then the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God or again, since you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test I have a little letter E, I go to the bottom of the page, and I find that that is from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 16. Verse 8, again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God, and serve him only. I got a little F, I go to the bottom of the page, that's Deuteronomy chapter six and verse 13. Every time we have a recorded temptation by the devil of Jesus, every time Satan tempted him, he quoted scripture and he quoted scripture from Deuteronomy. As my Canadian friends might say, pretty important book, eh? Pretty important book of the Bible, Deuteronomy. Jesus quoted it three times when being tempted by the devil. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. That's a lot Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. That's where the Jews got the idea to make what we call, or what they call phylacteries. They would take this little leather box and strap it around their head. And in this little leather box would be scriptures. They took this very literally. Of course, it became a prideful thing for them over time. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Here's one thing we learn already from this book. You've already heard it. If you've been in church at all, at least this church for very long, it's vital, absolutely vital, that we saturate our lives with the Word of God. Saturate our lives with the Word of God. My wife, years ago, began, began taking our children through the books of the Bible when they were very young. Every morning, she would get them up extra early, get them ready, and sit them down at the kitchen table, and over a period of a couple of years, she took them, not through every verse, but through highlights of all of the Old Testament. They learned the Bible as little children. During this time, uh, I was watching my wife. I was convicted And I asked her if I could get in on the deal. And we worked out a schedule, and we were pretty consistent with it. And there were certain days, especially on Saturday mornings, where I would get up, I would cook breakfast for the family, and then we would sit down and we would share scripture together. It's one of the richest things we've done as a family. And the word of God was the central part of our time together. Tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the doorframes of your houses and on your gates. I don't want to assume that everybody here has a house like our house, and I'm not talking about the physical makeup of the house. But, but that's not what I want you to see. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree planted in the house of the Lord. That's right in a part of our living room. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Another part of the living room, my wife loves the fact that palm trees were all around the whole temple. And she put the verse up here for it, Ezekiel 41, verse 19. Palm trees were carved around the whole temple. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in our house. I love this one. We uh, had a fellow who's not a Christian renovate our um, kitchen a couple of years ago, something like that. Uh, we did that instead of me getting a new boat. And every time I look in the granite countertop, I see the new boat I would have gotten. But my wife's happy. Happy wife, happy life. I'm happy too. It's much better for having people over. It's more open now. And uh, I love this because the guy that did it, uh, renovation, not a believer, and we thought he would come to the Lord. He certainly heard the gospel, and he, ha- he had a witness every time he was there. And uh, then when my wife put this up, before he was done, every day we'd come in, and he would see this. This is right over the granite countertop. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door. I will come in to him and dine with him, and he with me. It's a great verse. Great verse. Live by the Spirit. love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The Lord bless you and keep you. We sing it a lot here at the end of the service, at least, well, now we do other songs too, but the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. The eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. All these are in our house. You can't go anywhere in our house and not see scripture. You can't go to the bathroom. I like it too. This is in the downstairs restroom. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Love, patient, kind, trusting. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. Our calendar. The calendar's got scripture on every month. In the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. I mean, it's all through our house. Hey, if you don't have it through your house, Put scriptures up, not only for your sake. What a great thing when other people come over. I mean, they're just getting the word, the word, the word. And in our kitchen, they get an invitation for for Christ to come into their lives every time they read up above the countertop. Joshua 1, verse 8, here's what God told Joshua. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. I love Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet, and I always like to say that's for daily living and a light for my path. That's long-term perspective. John chapter 17, Jesus prayed, sanctify them, talking about those who would believe in him, those who had believed in him and those who would believe in him. That's who he's praying for. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. To sanctify is to set apart for a, for a divine purpose, God's purpose. Hebrews chapter four, say this one with me. Come on, say it with me. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Essential, essential. I love this one. (laughs) Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I love props. I love props. Now, I know Ephesians 6, it really is a smaller hand-to-hand combat sword. But even though I know that, I wanted to bring a big sword tonight. Just so you remember better. Big sword. And I always like to say, the more sword I have in my sheath, the more weapon I have in my hand. Jesus, every time he was tempted by the devil... He pulled out the sword of the Word of God. It's vital to living a victorious Christian life, saturating our lives with the Word of God. Read it. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Memorize it especially if you're younger because the older you get, the harder it is to memorize it. It really is. Of course, the harder it is to even just remember things. I'm getting really bad. My wife's reminding me all the time. It's getting bad. But actually, you can use it to your advantage in the marriage. You didn't tell me that. You didn't say that. I told you three times. Do you have a witness? So one of the things we learn from Deuteronomy is how essential it is that we saturate our lives with the Word of God. And if you're not doing that, listen, I I don't want to say I wouldn't embarrass anybody. Well, I would, but I'm not going to. But why don't you have your Bible with you? Why don't you turn into the verses when we go to them? You say, you just you just offended me. It is what it is. And if you don't bring it to church, do you read it at home? I'm saying for your sake, for your sake. I read an article on the way to Cuba, Newsweek magazine. I, I picked it up in the airport. Newsweek, I don't normally get it. I don't subscribe to it. But on the cover, uh, the, what, the cover was the main article. It had a, the Bible so misunderstood, it's a sin. That's what it had on the front cover. And I said, I got I to read the article. I didn't read the whole thing because it ended up being an extremely liberal, liberal article. And it ended up actually saying, you know, if, if, you, if you have problems with the Bible, don't be mad uh, at God. Be mad at the Bible. That's what it said. And I'm like, that's all I need to read. That was about three quarters of the way through the article. But one of the things it did say early on, that they had statistics, and I know these statistics are true. You know what it was? Most of the people that revere the Bible don't read it. It's sad. Most of the people that revere the Bible hold it up as the word of God. They don't read it. Man, if you're not reading the Bible, start reading the Bible. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Saturate your life with it. So, essential. Saturate our lives with the word of God. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 8. And this ties in with where we started in chapter 6. Chapter 8, verse 1. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter the, and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would obey his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. That's one of the verses that Jesus quoted when he was tempted by Satan. Your clothes did not wear out, Your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. And then verse 16, he gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known, to humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. He tested you. There is a fine and yet profound line between testing and temptation. A fine and yet profound line between testing and temptation. Here's what James says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he'll receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Then the very next verse, when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he's dragged away and then he's enticed. The book of Deuteronomy was a vital part of the word of God for Jesus in resisting temptation. But Deuteronomy is also an essential part of the word of God in helping us through times of testing. Here's the question. Why does God test us? He tells us in the text, one of the reasons, revelation. What do I mean by that? Testing will reveal the true condition Of our hearts. When it says here, in order to know what was in your heart, I need to remind us it wasn't for God to know what was in our heart. Obviously, God knows what's in our heart. The testing is so we would know the true condition of our heart. Early on in my Christian life, God rebuked me and he told me that I was conceited. It wasn't easy. He did it through a girl. I'm not gonna tell you the story, it wasn't Wendy. He did it through a life experience and through a proverb. So he used the word of God and life experience to show me something I did not see, did not know at that time in my life and that was that I was proud. I was conceited. It was a humbling thing. I love the apostle Peter and one of the reasons I love the apostle Peter is he was a proud man. But I don't think Peter saw himself as a proud man. Look real quick, Mark's gospel, chapter 14. Mark 14, verse 27. Jesus tells his apostles, you will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I'll go ahead of you into Galilee. And Peter declared, even if all fall away, he's talking about the other apostles. Even if all fall away, I will not. I'm sure Peter believed that about himself. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, Today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. You know who's saying that to Peter? Do I need to tell us who's saying that? That's red letter. That's Jesus. Jesus says to Peter, I tell you the truth. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. And Peter insisted emphatically even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And of course, all the others said the same. But Peter puts himself above his peers, he's proud but he doesn't see himself as proud. And when what Jesus said came true that very night, that Peter three times denied that he even knew the Lord. And one gospel writer tells us, when the cock crowed after the third denial, Jesus turned and looked eyeball to eyeball at Peter. And you know what Peter did? He went outside and he wept bitterly. Because of his failure, he was humbled. That was a time of testing that became temptation, that became failure. And God intended that he learn from his failure. And thank God he did. But he didn't have a perfect track record after that. Years and years after that humbling experience, Galatians chapter 2, and the Apostle Paul now has been on the scene for a while. It's been years since that failure of Peter's denial of Jesus. But verse 11 of Galatians, chapter 2, Paul says, When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong.
0: We're so glad you joined us today on The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. If you want to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstepete.church. You're also invited to join our Bible reading plan. Just look under the Resources tab on our website for more information. This is a great way to dive into the Word. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment and ask you to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join us in praying for the listeners of this program? You never know how someone might be impacted by hearing about God and His Word over the radio, so please pray that anyone listening today would be open to hearing the gospel message. We ask that you pray for soft hearts and receptive minds to the grace that Jesus offers to everyone. Please pray also for us, that we'd continue seeking God's will for this program, and that we'd have the courage to follow Him wherever He leads. As you pray, please let us know if God would lead you to support the Living Word financially. If you'd like to give any amount to this ministry, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the Give tab. Thanks for praying with and for us. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. We appreciate you tuning in. Pastor Danny will share more next time, right here on the Living Word.